When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, I need your help tonight. If you were listening earlier in the show, we had a great chat with Kelly Rudy about his days growing up in the Elmwood neighborhood of Edmonton, and he loved the Edmonton Eskimos in the 1970s. His favorite player was a running back named Roy Bell, who he was too nervous to go get an autograph from. And I asked, you can text in your favorite Eskimo of the 1970s to 780-496-0063. The overwhelming winner is George McGowan. Certainly Wilkinson, Highbaugh getting a lot of votes, but, but really this is all about George McGowan. But somebody texted in safety John Wydarney, and then uh, VR Greg wrote in and said, Reed, I think it was Wydranny. And I can't, I was, I was saying earlier how you can't rely on everything on the internet. I, I can't find any confirmation of this gentleman on the internet. So I need some of you Eskimo historians out there. Who was, who was this? And please send in the, the correct spelling so I, I can Google this individual. Uh, John Wydrani. Sounds like he was a defensive back, probably a safety for the Eskimos of the 1970s. I don't know this player. Again, I was born in 1974, so uh, I, don't, uh, I don't have the memories of the teams of the 70s. And you can help me out. I'm surprised I have not received a text from my mother, who has been a big Eskimos fan since she was a young lass growing up just outside of Lamont and listening to Eskimos games on the radio. Uh, so that's that's how you can help me out tonight and another way for you to participate in the program. Uh, speaking of the current edition of the Edmonton Eskimos, long snapper Ryan King is on the line. Ryan, how are you doing? Hey, Ray, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks a lot for, for, uh, for checking in. Uh, let, let's, let's go down this path because we're, we're, you know, we're still having some fun here on the show here as, as, as we go along, Ryan. Uh, we were talking to former goaltender Kelly Rudy about growing up in Elmwood. What was your neighborhood as a kid? So I grew up at the top of Connors Hill. Um, so right by the, the ravine there, um, right at the top of the ski hill. So I was uh, right where the Folk Fest is, all that kind of stuff. So I grew up, at, you know, mountain biking through the river valleys and doing all sorts of stuff to do growing up. And um, I loved living and growing up in Edmonton. And like I said, just being, being outside a lot. And um, we lived in a great area to be be able to cruise around and check everything out. So, so you were a pretty uh, active kid then. You didn't have to rely on, on school sports or anything to get out there and do stuff. No, I, you know, and I grew up with, I'm the middle child of a uh, younger and older brother, obviously, um, also Neil, but my older brother, Andrew. So there was three of us, and we're all two years apart. So you can imagine growing up, uh, we had our school sports, and we had our other school sports. But then as soon as we got back to the house, it was... Uh, our own family competition. So everything we did, we <laughs> kind of all did together, and uh, everything went to, to the end uh, for the most part. Okay, so who was the most competitive one in the family? Was it one of the kids or one of the parents? <laughs> well, 
I think my, my parents just let us be because there was, you know, three of us two years apart. We were all football players. You know, it was uh, controlled chaos. So I think, uh, you know, the three of us were, were all very competitive and we still we still are when we get together and play board games or anything. You should, uh, you know, there's not often a calm board game, right? But uh, we have fun. But what was your elementary school? I was at Glen Allen in Shrew Park. Okay. And then, uh, and then what about the junior high? F.R. Haythorn. And then I jumped the street over to Bev Facey. And that's, yeah, that's the school in St. Mary's on the East Coast. Okay, and what was the first year you played football? First year I played football was for the Sherman Park North Stars, and that would have been in 2000. Okay, and so was that a peewee team? It was a Bantam team. So now the Sherman Park North Stars is the, they're out in our Drossen, where before it was the Wolverines, um, North Stars and uh, Grizzlies. Or... All right. Yeah. What, what position were you? What, posi- what position? I was were a you linebacker. Was... I was a linebacker my whole career. Uh, Bantam, Edmonton Wildcats, St. Mary's Huskies. I actually didn't start long snapping until I went pro, which is kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I was a linebacker my whole career. All right. And as a kid, who were some of your athletic heroes? Um, you know, AJ Gaff, which was, a, you know, that's a cool side story, you know, um, kind of being my coach now, I, he was always uh, somebody I looked up to, and I went to every single Edmonton Eskimo game, so I was in the stands and uh, watching, watching him fly around. Um, you know, obviously Gizmo was a, was a big uh, mentor to the city of Edmonton when he played, and I was very fortunate to kind of see a lot of that. So I think I'd say from an Edmonton point of view, those would be the two. All right. Well, that was fun. I mean, we, the, I, I love going down memory lane with guys because everybody started somewhere, right? Like, it's not like when you were eight, you knew you were going to be in the CFL on Inside Sports someday. Or maybe you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, that's for sure. All right. Well, we're not in the most fun situation here, uh, Ryan, as we'll shift back to the news of the day. Ryan King from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us. The CFL announced yesterday training camps will not start on May 17th. Tell us just, I mean, I, I, I feel like we sort of saw this coming. I don't know if you feel the same way, but tell us kind of your reaction and, and the build to this announcement. Yeah, so it's something that we, uh, the CSLPA and the CSL have been working real close uh, together. Um, there's, a, there's a COVID-19 working committee that's been put in place on the PA side, which I'm, I'm a part of. So it's been fun to be this involved in something like this and just trying to get as much information and get all the communication together and, I'm very impressed by how well the entire CFL is communicating on this. You know, conference calls are going on every day. Um, we're relaying all the information up to the leadership and the membership. And, and we knew this was coming. Um, there's a lot of logistics that go into postponing professional organizations. There's a lot of people in play, uh, sponsorships, fans, uh, a whole bunch of aspects come into play. So it's important that people understand a lot of times the reason that things are postponed or there's no date set is because um, as everyone knows right now, things are changing so fast, almost hourly at this point, new government regulations and uh, all sorts of stuff coming in. So we're doing the best we can, um, like I said, communicating very well with uh, the CFLPA and the CFL. And, um, we're relaying as much updated information as we can, but as uh, everyone knows, it's tough when things are, uh, are actively changing uh, almost hourly now. Well, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, you and I would have talked last year about some uncertainty with the CBA, and there was a little bit of fear that the season could be late because of that, and now we're facing 
an actual delay, but for but for a totally different reason. I guess there's, I don't know if there's a comparison, but it, there's, you know, there's still some uncertainty swirling here. Yeah, I don't know if I would call that a comparison. Just, you know, this is such an unfortunate time that, that we're all collectively in right now. Um, you know, no one could have planned for this, prepped for this, anything like that. Um, you know, so many people are in such unfortunate situations now due to this. Um, and I think this is just one of those times in life that we, we all just kind of got to hit the pause button and, and just kind of reload our batteries and, you know, pay attention to little things. And, and uh, you know, we're all in the same position, which I think is going to help a lot of the, the city and all of us get through this because we're all in this together. And, um, but, you know, it's tough to tough to even, you know, plan around this and all that because, like I said, it's happening so fast, changing so fast. And, you know, a lot of the stuff you read now are, you know, all these big layoffs and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's sad. It's sad to see people having to go through those uh, situations. And that's what gives me the motivation to try to stay as uh, ahead of this as I can so I can relay all the information and try to help on our membership the best way we can. Yeah, for sure. How, how are how are you spending your time, Ryan? How are you dealing with all this? Well, it's been, like I said, hourly changing, so there's a lot of calls and a lot of stuff going on. But um, I got a home gym at the house. So I'm very thankful for that. So I'm staying as busy as I can, you know, inside. But I've uh, I've reorganized every drawer and corner of my house already, and you know, I'm running out of things to do, kind of. So I got to get creative here, and I got to kind of put some plans together, and. Um, you know, I'll be good. I'll stay busy. Um, and I think that's just what we all got to do right now is just try to stay as busy as we can. And, and you know, we'll hopefully this uh, figures this out sooner than later. How often would you like to come on Inside Sports? Whenever you want me, Reed. I'm, uh, I got, you know, I got nothing but time now. I can't give you no excuse. I, uh, <laughs> that's at right. All, 24-7. So, um, yeah, when, anytime we got updates, I'll, uh, I have no problem coming on and sharing that. Uh, things are happening quick, obviously, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be talking sooner than later. Yeah, well, I do appreciate it, Ryan, and uh, you know, thanks for taking us back to some of your early athletic endeavors in, uh, on, in Connors uh, on the top of Connors Hill and uh, an area. And thanks for talking about the current situation facing uh, the, the CFL. I'll throw one more at you. Do you do you have an opinion? Because I've, I've referred to this quote a lot. Randy Ambrosi was on with me last week, and he recognizes the season might have to be shortened. And he says, we, you know, hopefully we can have a season that has a credible number of games before we get into the playoffs. Is there a minimum number of games you would feel that is necessary to make it a credible regular season before playoffs and Grey Cup? So that's a great question. That's something that's obviously I see that floating around a lot, but I'll, I'll open it up for just some other perspectives on that. You've got to think more from that side. Um, you know, from a financial perspective, how do you pay the guys? Are you condensing pay are you rallying that together how that is all the bonuses all your contracts are put together off an 18 game schedule you have to renegotiate or put all those back somehow um medically you're gonna have to get everyone medically cleared and covered for for that you know a small period of time and then there's the training camp aspect there has to be an agreed upon training camp period prior to um health and safety wise being able to put the put the players out on the field and get the right product out there so um, you can go as far as sponsorships, you can go as far as fans, um, government regulations, when we can have people at the stadium. Like, there's so many things at play. So not to bombard your question with that, but those are all active things that we're, we're working on daily 
uh, to try to provide you guys with an actual number or a timeline, um, but it's very difficult to do right now. No, I understand, and I'm glad you brought that up. That if it is shorter, what do you guys get paid? How does the compensation work, and all that and all that kind of stuff? And uh, I mean, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to this if you don't want to. But I've brought up too. I mean, basically half the players are American, and some places in America are not that healthy right now, and maybe won't be for a while, right? So if you have to bring a teammate back from those areas. You know, is that is that appropriate, right, to, to put them into a team environment or try to isolate them and then put them in? Well, and I think the, the, the that's where those are all great questions and those are all ones we get from, you know, our players and, you know, media. But it, it's, that, that stuff comes down to government regulations. Like right now, the U.S. and Canadian border is closed um, at least for the next 30 days uh, with extension attached to that. So even that, we're already getting close to training camp. So obviously we had to delay that now. If you can open the borders, it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to fly in our global membership. We have people globally that are on contract. So, you know, there's that aspect you've got to deal with. Um, you know, there's lots of things that are happening, but things like I kind of look at it from a positive perspective that 10 days ago we were doing our normal lives and look at what it's now. So hopefully if we can all do this self-isolating and we can kind of get this in control, you know, who knows what it could be like in you know the next month from now. So. I think we all just got to play our part and do what we got to do to kind of contain this as much as we can. And then hopefully, obviously, our medical professionals can do their work and we can uh, hopefully be back on the football field as soon as possible. Yeah. Ryan, always appreciate your perspective for sure. We will keep in touch. Stay safe, stay, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. You guys as well, too. Thanks for having me. Good chat there with Ryan King, long snapper for the Edmonton Eskimos. So, you know, a little bit more of a, a player's perspective there players association and he made some good points i mean if the cfl season is going to be shortened say they play 10 out of 18 games uh, what are the players going to be played are they going to get 10 18ths of their salary or are they going to get two-thirds if there's a training camp and a couple preseason games those are all things to consider but like you said it's up to the governments it's up to the health officials right now but he's doing his best to keep everybody updated okay we have several messages about the Eskimos player in question from the 1970s. We will clear all this up when we get back. This is good. So I have an email from Gary. Dave Campbell, who's the producer of this show, texted in. Uh, I got a text from uh, Greg, from Couch Coach Al, uh, from Ken, from Lanny. Uh, did, did I mention Darren? Not sure if I did or not. Um, a lot of people writing in. So Good, good. What? I said good, good. Yes, very good. Yes. So right John Wydraney is what several people have said the pronunciation is. Why drainies? Did somebody call you as well? Yep. I had a couple of calls about it. So, uh, yeah. And I think one of the people who called might have then emailed me. Right. So, John, common spelling, W-Y-D-A-R-E-N-Y, but people saying it's pronounced Why Drainy, born in 1941. He's currently 79 years of age. Went to Western Ontario, played with the Argos 63 to 65, Eskimos 66 to 72, three-time CFL West All-Star, two-time CFL All-Star, 
uh, Eskimo record for with 11 interceptions in a season, which he did twice. And uh, also several people pointing out he had the team record for career interceptions until he was passed by Larry Highbaugh. And uh, John Wydraney then, I mean, he might still live in Edmonton for all we know. He coached high school football at Ross Shep and Queenie. That is the, uh, that is from Gary. Uh, Greg pointed out that he taught phys ed at Ross Shep in the mid-70s. So there you go. I, I learned something today. Thanks to everybody listening. So this guy was really good. Uh, well, I'll read Gary's message. Uh, Wydraney, stud Canadian defensive back, played for the Argos and the Eskimos, was in the records books for interceptions until Highbaugh took it away from him. Uh, another, uh, who's this? Coach Coach Al says Wydraney was a very good tackler and a ball hawk. Awesome. Okay, well, this is cool. So early, early 70s then. 70 through 72 with the Eskimos. So somebody wrote in that he was, I can't remember who sent in the original text, that he was this listener's favorite Eskimo of the 1970s. And now we have a little more information on him. That is awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, everybody else. That's good stuff, Kellen. That's awesome. Oh, hey, that's, it, this, is, this is the time to go back through the sports books and learn about athletes and personalities of the game from past years that you may have either forgotten or not known anything about. So, Well, you can really do that anytime. Well, yeah. There's no excuse to yeah, not it's, do that. It's okay to, it's, okay to, it's okay to do some book learning at any time. That's Colin. right. Exactly. But, it's okay know. to do a little book learning. 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. Oh, and somebody sent in. Who sent this in? Uh, I'm not sure who sent this in, but somebody sent in uh, pictures of Wydraney's football cards. Open 1971 OPG CFL card. And then some other ones as well. I'm not sure what years they're from, but somebody sent in a whole bunch of images of John Wydraney on uh, CFL football cards. That is like trading cards. That is awesome. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Uh, we are going to catch up with Lisa Longball Vluswick after the 730 News. Great name. Fun to say. Drives the golf ball like several hundred yards, and she's doing some online instructional stuff for golfers here as the start of the golf season is delayed. Oh, my goodness. More from Dave Campbell. Second all-time in career interceptions behind Highbaugh. Not, sorry, not Dave Campbell. Why uh, <laughs> Draney? Dave Cabell's third in all-time interceptions That's, to the Eskimos. I was going to say yeah, that. He's, yeah, he's, exactly. He's, he's third. That game he had against Memphis back <laughs> in the day, I tell you. Uh, okay, Wydraney, second all-time in career interceptions behind Highbaugh. Holds the record for most interceptions in one season. He had 11 in 69 and 70. Tied for first all-time in interceptions in a game with three. Second in interception return yards behind Highbaugh. Third in all-time most interception yards in one game with 127 behind Joe Burnett, who we've seen play recently, 133, and Jason Goss, who played for the Eskimos a few years ago, had 144 interception return yards in one game. I think Dave Campbell was digging into the Eskimos uh, media guide tonight for that one. Thank you very much, Dave. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. bringing you back from break tonight. You know, he can't drive 55. Did Hermit send in his request tonight? I haven't seen it yet. I thought I saw him. Not to look and see. Yeah, they're there, Kellen. 710. 710 Ah, on the text line. So we can get Hermit's requests in before that. Chris has written into the show. He says, I had the honor drinking out of the Grey Cup in Calgary when the Eskimos played Montreal. That was in 1975. When the uh, Eskimos beat the Alouettes 9-8 in the Grey Cup game, uh, Chris goes on to say, I had exclusive access. Larry was going to throw me into the hotel pool uh, in Calgary. I assume he means Larry Ibaugh. But I said I couldn't swim, LOL, so he didn't. I will never forget that. That is from Chris texting 780-496-0063. All right. Good stuff on the text line, guys. Appreciate uh, all your Eskimos uh, memories. It's been pretty good for sure. Well, it's it's a very uh, uncertain time for anything to do with sport. I mean, it is in the world, but this is a sports show, so we'll focus on sports. Uh, some events have been canceled, like the Memorial Cup. Some events, you know, Boston Marathon, for example, Kentucky Derby moved from the spring to the fall. We got the NHL on pause. Uh, not uh, you know, so we're not sure what's going to happen with that. And then for the uh, you know the the everyday athlete, you know, I I, I run a couple races a year. Who knows what's going to happen with those? We don't know what's going to happen with golf courses, for example. So what can you do maybe to try to stay in shape or feel a little a little active? Well, we're going to bring in Lisa Longball Vluswick to the show, who is now uh, Lisa. You've been on the show before. Are you now an eight time Canadian women's long drive champion? I am. I am. My goodness. So it was because I, <laughs> I thought you were seven time the last time we had you on. So you've yeah, won again. Yeah, I think again. so. And so, yeah, I've won my eighth Canadian title and I currently compete on the uh, Golf Channel's World Long Drive Tour. Well, that is when it gets up and running again. Our first two events have also been uh, cancelled slash postponed. Uh, the April event's cancelled. The May one might be postponed. Uh, it's actually a cool event in uh, um, South Carolina in Fort Jackson. And so it's a tribute actually to military personnel. So it was a phenomenal event last year. So I sure hope we can do it again to pay homage to all the military personnel that keep us safe all, all, all year long. Yeah, well said for sure. Okay, so what, what was your winning distance in your latest Canadian title? Do you remember? Oh, that was uh, 300, I believe it was 319 yards. I believe it was just shy of 320 yards. And what's your career best? My longest drive in competition, because I only count in competition, is 350 yards, two feet, uh, two inches. So that was pretty exciting to hit at three and a half NFL football field. That's awesome. Right, right, uh, right. And and just to remind people, I know I kind of ask this every time, but it's such a fascinating uh, event that you compete in, and you have to hit it 
relatively straight, right? You can't just be yeah. straight at all. You know, that, that's a, and a lot of people think, oh, yeah, well, you just swing for the fences. No, we have anywhere from a 40 to 55-yard grid on tour. So it's obviously well over 400 yards long, uh, 40 to 45-yard uh, grid. Now, this is a big change for the 2020 season is we were up to eight balls. We had three minutes to hit eight balls. Um, and basically, we each have our own spotter that stands behind us, one out in the field. And then we have a huge uh, scoreboard that will tell us what our dis- like ballpark distances are. Um, but this year, because we've had a few events, like in uh, uh, New Jersey, our event in, in Atlantic City, the grid was, was quite narrow and, and challenging with wind. We had sets where guys were going OB, 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 and that didn't make for great television. So now they've brought us down to six balls a set. So that, that'll be new for 2020. So I think that it's even, even put a greater premium on accuracy. Okay, and I'm glad you mentioned the the wind. So yeah. if you're into the wind or you got a tailwind, they'll they'll make you hit in pretty much any condition. Oh, you bet. And and the best thing is, there's usually four of us on the tee at the same time, so we're all battling the same wind conditions. When I first started competing in long drive, we used to be one on a tee at the time, and of course, winds can change dramatically in a 20 minute, 30 minute period. So some people would have tailwinds, some have headwinds. This way, we're all four of us are dealing with the exact same conditions, so it does make it fair. And and how many so how does an event work is it just you hit a bunch of balls and your longest one is your score basically or do they yeah, air down the great, field great question so they definitely take the longest one of the set um and then if it's within three inches or what would be close to the width of a ball you get a three ball playoff with someone and but basically it's uh it's actually a points to- total it's quite interesting as we go through the preliminary rounds so you'll go through in sets and then you'll always be hitting against uh, this is at least in the women's division you'll be hitting against all the girls at one point in the entire field throughout the i think it's about five sets that we hit in and if you have the longest drive you get 200 points Second longest drive, 100 points, even if it's just one yard short. If one girl hits at 330, next one hits at 329, you know, you, you, you only get 100 points. And then the third longest drive would get uh, uh, 50 points and then 25 points for, uh, the fourth, for, the, for the fourth place person. And then basically what they do is they take the top uh, eight girls, um, will then go to a semifinals, um, and then so and the one versus eight, and then it'll go match play. Oh, so then it switches nice. to match play. And that's quite exciting because then, you know, we've had it in sets that one girl hits at 315 and the other girl hits at 310 for the 315 advances. And then the next set, the girl hits at 325, someone hits at 320, and then the 320 gets knocked out, but she actually would have beat the 315. So it, uh, it, makes, it, yeah, it makes it challenging but exciting. And where was the most recent Canadian title held that you won? Uh, that one was uh, just outside of Toronto, uh, down in in the Port Rowan area. That's where the national championships are always held uh, okay. for the last, oh, goodness. Oh, I think at least seven, eight years have been held uh, uh, down in uh, Port Rowan uh, uh, outside of Toronto. Okay, another stupid question for you. So do they take a long and straight golf hole and make it the the site for the competition or do you go out on a range or, or where that's a great question on that particular golf course it is a uh, it is um, a, a hole it happens to be a long straight hole um we were our world long drive championships for the past five years has been in sackerville oklahoma and that actually I, I think it was more of just a driving range to be honest with you but it had tons of little undulations and dips uh it wasn't dead flat that the best grid we that every long driver will tell you this, that we have and we have ever competed on is the one in Mesquite, Nevada, where the World Championships was held for 15, 20 years. Uh, but actually, our World Long Drive Championship is, is being moved to, uh, uh, to Cog Hill in Chicago. Oh, so nice. 2020, yeah. So I, I don't know if they're going to use a driving range or they're going to set up a grid. The one in Mesquite, they actually set it up uh, specifically for long drive. And then when we weren't there uh, between World Championships, they would use it as a soccer pitch for, their, for kids mm-hmm. throughout the year. 
Okay, and, and have you won Worlds? I can't remember. I got come second in the world. I came oh. second in the world by three yards to, oh. to the five-time world champion, Sandra Carlberg. So I have not won the world title. Second is my best finish, but still still out there try, trying my best to try to bring home a world title to Canada. Where's Sandra from? Sandra's from Sweden. And actually, this is exciting. I was the first pregnant athlete at the World Long Drive Championship several years ago. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was six, yeah, I was six and a half months pregnant. And I actually came top ten in the world, which was exciting. And then Sandra, who is our five-time world champion, who beat me uh, by those three yards, she actually has been our second pregnant athlete. So she also competed six and a half months pregnant at the World Long Drive Championships and had a beautiful baby girl uh, this past December. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I did not. I don't think you'd ever mentioned that before. That, yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. So that was, I'm pretty proud of that, right? It actually kept me in great shape. And it's funny. It's almost like my body held on to World Championships. And literally the next day, it was like, okay, I'm done. Let's get ready to have this baby, right? But <laughs> Good for you. Lisa Bluswick joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You can get her on Twitter, Lisa Lee. Lisa Longball is her handle. You got a fun name to say, Vluswick. Where does that come right? from? Right. Well, so you say it spectacularly well. It's uh, quite funny. When I won my first national title, uh, the media has struggled saying and uh, Lisa Longball, or like, or sorry, Lisa Vluswick, spelling and pronouncing my name. So it was actually John Down uh, from the Calgary Herald at the time had, had nicknamed me Lisa Longball, and it's just a moniker that's stuck now. So. That's, a, that's amazing. Well, the first time I had you on the show, I made sure I knew how to say it. And I think you were perfect. You nailed it. Nailed I pull, it. I pull it off more often than not, which is good. Um, so in terms of just the, the impact we're seeing here, I mean, Masters postponed, you know, LPGA, PGA, just oh. kind of in a holding pattern. For fans of golf, it's it's pretty tough really tough right now because I think for me you know my favorite major uh, tournament of the year is for sure the Masters which is coming up in April typically it's Canadians um, you know obviously Victoria Vancouver have much longer seasons than elsewhere in Canada but really the Masters is the typically the start of golf season in Canada and it really gets people excited so it's very sad uh, you know you know that uh, you know that it's, it's you know obviously it's gone by the wayside the Masters uh, is not being postponed from what I understand but c- could be but right you know right now it's just it's not happening so I think that it's, it's, it's tough because people really enjoy you know following golf watching golf and then the, then the other side of it is not actually getting to play because now as we, we're heading into April tomorrow people are getting excited about you know dusting off the clubs you know going to go into the driving ranges even and 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 that's something that's been it's uh it's it's not shut down but it's a bone of contention right now which leads me into another reason we're having you on the show i was watching some of your video earlier today you did a stream earlier this uh i think this morning uh it's uh it's through golf town tell us tell us what you're doing here and and how you're trying to connect with people Oh, thanks for asking, because I'm, I'm really proud to be a Golf Town brand ambassador, and I'm a fellow brand ambassador with Brooke Henderson. Gosh, 22 years old, has nine LPGA Tour victories, right? Oh, goodness, she's as sweet in person as, as she is on TV. But, uh, but yeah, Golf Town, uh, you know, we talked about, like, they're excited. Like, how do we get people who are at home, you know, who are excited to play golf, how do we get them ready for the season? So just today, we started a series. So every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, live on the uh, Golf town facebook page i i'm i'm doing clinics 20 minute clinics and today i started with uh warm-up and uh grip 
So I, I, I taught people, you know, some great warm-up techniques that will help them hitting better shots on the first hole versus the fourth or fifth hole, as many of us don't kind of get warmed up until then. But I think if, if people started warming up even just five minutes before the round, they'll be stunned that they're going to be hitting better shots on that first hole versus the fourth and fifth. And then I talked about grip, a great way, you know, grip is our only connection to the golf club. So some great little tips as to uh, what you can do at home right now. And even with the stretches, things that we can do at home, in our basements, in our living rooms, you know, while we're stuck in our home offices to just get a little bit of that golf fix and uh, if people can't watch it live at 1 p.m uh well in mountain time it would be 11 a.m mountain time but it gets posted immediately to the golf town uh, facebook page so they can watch it anytime it'll be numbered so they can watch it in order as well and i think it's just going to be a great way to get people excited about golf and even practicing and doing some tips at home so that they can start the season uh, uh running when, when we finally get to go out there yeah, yeah, they're easy to find. I mean, you could uh, you could just search it, but you could go facebook.com slash golftown slash videos, and then you'll get all the options there. Yeah, it's already at 45,000 views. Oh, And wow. it just posted today. Like it's, That's I'm, amazing. I'm, but, just, but doesn't that tell you how excited Canadians are about golf? Well, yes, it. yeah, it does. Yeah. And this is the time of year where, now this is not, because you're in Calgary, right? Yes, did an you, Albertan. I'm a Puerto and raised Albertan. Did you get the snow last night? Like, oh, we got a gross amount of snow. And today, and we yeah. got some today. So it's just, it's so disheartening because we had some sunshine last week. I'm like, woohoo! I don't you know. I was getting. Yeah, and then it snowed. Because <laughs> there, there have been some years where maybe you could start golfing right now, or, or think about oh, yeah. range or whatever. But no, that not even without the fact that we can't go out and and socialize too much right now. Are you? Like, do you hope that sometime this summer there's there's a safe way for the average person like me to golf? I know there's been some speculation. Okay, like maybe you can't use carts and they won't have pins yeah. and stuff like that. Like, what are so that's what so it's, it's quite a mixed bag right now. So right now, um, there's it's, it's, golf courses are not being shut down yet. However, some golf courses are choosing to shut down. For instance, Bandon Dunes has have absolutely shut down operations. I believe until for sure until April fifth, and then they're just going to keep reevaluating. And that was a choice because they're not being mandated to do so. Um, Ian Leggett, uh, who's a Canadian a PGA Tour winner, he he's he's asking people not to go golfing. The uh, CEO of British Columbia Golf also saying stay at home. However. You know, there's many golf courses that are opening, and, and I, I've got friends in the industry, and what they're saying is happening at their golf courses are, um, as you said, one person per cart, uh, no flags uh, in, no rakes, um, you know, that trying to keep the social distancing, don't come into the pro shop, check in outside. You know, so these are some of the things that golf courses are doing to be safe. It's, it's really tough, and I think that it's, it's difficult out there to, to know, you know, you, to, to where what you need to do, but there's definitely two sides of the coin for sure right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, it's it's there's so much wait and see now with the, yeah. with the world in general, and and this is a sports show, so obviously uh, with sports. But that that's that's really awesome that that you're doing the videos. We we've kind of had a fun show tonight, Lisa. Uh, Kelly Rudy was on. Who now I lives love in Kelly Rudy. I always yeah. did his golf tournaments. I've done his several golf tournaments. He <laughs> does so much to give back to charity, and he's a huge proponent of Special Olympics. Just a great guy. He absolutely is. So, and he grew up, as you know, in in a neighborhood in West Edmonton. And we yep. basically spent the entire interview talking about his childhood. And I asked him about some of his athletic heroes when he was a kid. And he mentioned yep. some Eskimos who played in the seventies. Uh, who did a, a young Lisa look up to athletically? Oh. 
when I was little, you know, well, for me, I was a gymnast, actually. So uh, when I, you know, looking up, so Mary Lou Retton, and I know she's American, but like when I was a little girl in elementary school and training six days a week in gymnastics, and I absolutely credit my background as a gymnast as to why as a 40-year-old mom, I can, you know, still compete on the on the world uh, stage in, in long drive is because of my background as a gymnast. I, Mary Lou Retton was someone I looked up to uh, absolutely as, um, as, uh, as a gymnast in, in my sport, but as a sports figure from where I'm from, uh, Lanny McDonald. So when I was in junior high, Lanny, the Calgary Flames won their one and only. We're not like Edmonton. We don't have multiple Stanley Cups. We have one lone Stanley Cup from 89. So Lanny McDonald was someone I looked up to. And uh, again, I, I get to, to see him now at charity golf tournaments. And, and he, he does a tremendous back to this day to continue to give back to charity, uh, charity and a special Special Olympics as well, too. Lisa, you're a pleasure to have on the show. I, I always love talking with you because you're so informative and you have so much great energy. Again, you can go to the Golf Town Facebook page. Uh, Lisa's videos are there starting today. Hey, stay healthy, stay safe, and let's talk again soon. I look forward to it, and thanks very much, and, and I wish all the same to your listeners as well. Right on. That is Lisa Longball-Vluswick checking in tonight inside sports on 630 Chet. Eight-time Canadian women's long drive champion. Uh, she won with 319 yards last year. Uh, her personal best, 350 yards, two feet, and two inches. So two drives for someone like me. <laughs> She's able to do that. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's 10 to 8. We're back after the break. bit of the guitar hero himself joe satriani with satch boogie for hermit there we go good stuff 753 inside sports on 630 chet tomorrow josh archibald from your edmonton oilers is scheduled to join us former edmonton Oilers jason chimera also slotted in on the show don't forget bob stoffer has oilers now from noon to two every weekday Game 7 between the Raptors and 76ers is being replayed on Sportsnet. There's five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, so it's on until 8.30. This is obviously the game with Kawhi's shot. Like, if somebody's mad that I spoiled that, I don't, ex- I don't accept that anymore. <laughs> I, 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 can you imagine somebody having that on their PVR from last year and haven't watched it yet? Oh, no, I can watch it tonight instead of pulling out, yeah. Uh, anyway, so... The shot's coming up in the next, I don't know, well, before 8.30. That's when uh, the broadcast is scheduled to end. So I, I didn't want to tell people during Inside Sports because I, I was afraid you'd change the channel. But the good stuff's at the end of that game. That's right. That's the, the big shot coming up. Raptors are up 82-80 with 5.10 left in the fourth. So uh, there you go. Something you can check out tonight. 
Dave Tippett held a conference call today. This was really cool. He was, I think Mark Spector asked the question about what the Oilers are missing out on now by not playing these games down the stretch and then going into the playoffs. Well, you just, you get to those games that are just the intensity level is there, the pressure to win is there. And those are all things that, that you put in that memory bank and you, uh, you know, that's in the regular season to get that, that playoff spot. Then you get into a playoff series uh, playoff series are different. You have one opponent. You got to make adjustments, not just in game, but game to game. Um, you have, you know, ways of finding advantages over a team when you're playing them night after night. And those are things that are that are different from your regular NHL schedule. That you get into that playoff series and you got to find ways to win. And sometimes those ways are different every night. And um, so those are experiences that players go through, especially young players. That, that they can put in the memory bank. And as you continue to go through those, those uh, uh, scenarios, you, you build up more of that uh, knowledge of what it takes to win in those scenarios. So I've talked to a bunch of people over the last few weeks and, you know, St. Louis went through it a bunch of times and then finally it just uh, it clicked in them. Now they are a very competent group. They think if they come back, they... Uh, they have a chance to compete for a, for a second cup because they have that knowledge uh, in place that they've gone through. So those are things that uh, the teams need to learn. And, um, you know, not just our team, there's been teams over the history of the league that they go through those experiences and then they break through. And we'd like to have some of those experiences. So uh, hopefully uh, we get our, our kick at the cat to break through. A little bit there from Dave Tippett, who did a conference call earlier today. Matt Benning, so remember he said... Hear that, Kellen? Yep. Like, go, 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 go. That's Connor McDavid telling him, don't pass me the puck, you can take it in against Calgary on January 29th, and Benning went in and scored the goal. Besides Matt Benning tonight on Inside Sports, you heard from Lisa Longball of Lucewick, Ryan King, long snapper for your Edmonton Eskimos, and Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender. Grew up in Elmwood, right here in Edmonton. Always get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. I really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks for the Eskimos history lesson from the 1970s. I will talk to you tomorrow at 6. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.